0: Thank you heretics better run to the top blows off got them all stood still like a jaw full of botox time to break them down like a jaw on a blow pop don't stop they're in need of it though through grace by faith they could easily grow new wave new age new way to see bro Now one truth life one way to his throne Got to still in control. He knows every care, every village that you hold. He knows every hair, every need for your soul. Nothing new around here, this story's been told. Bet you feel weak and your life is in tatters. With bruised feet, your body is bad. Every heretics better run till the top blows off, got them all stood still like a jaw full of Botox, time to break them down like a jaw on a blow pop, don't stop, they're in need of it though, through grace by faith they could easily grow, new wave, new age, new way to see grow, Now nah, one truth life, one way to his throne, bet you feel weak and your life is in tatters, with bruised feet, your body is battered, you can't reach, trying to climb up that ladder, sit back and hold fast till Messiah matters.
1: Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. This is Messiah Matters number 444. Four, four. This show is going to be a good one. My name is Caleb Hag,
2: And I just realized we're two-thirds of the way to show 666. I'm Rob Van oh, oh,
1: oh, uh-oh. <laughs> what about 616? We could go Dude, either I way. I love
2: it. I-, I love it. Yeah, that's right. 616. But that doesn't sound as cool, so... True. I just, I'm telling you, man, that Should rap, we skip six, he six, knows six, every six? care, every need. Oh, wait, he knows every care, every fear that you hold. He knows every hair, every need of your soul. That is like, that's so love. That's just love right there, man.
1: Benjamin Burt- and that. that guy, that guy is a wordsmith. He is a wordsmith. That that the question, beautiful. here's the question, is do we have him do another one for for season 11? Or do we just keep season 10? It's so yeah, good. How could I mean, how could he top it? How could he do any any better? I don't know. Maybe for
2: Mystery Bible.
1: I don't want to doubt the I don't want to doubt the man. Oh, he is good. Man, I am charged for today. It's gonna to be a really good one. Um, okay. Uh let's just jump and right I read, in. This is
2: this might be the first time I forgot to fill up I usually have a mug with water. So I might be a little
1: parched as we go. Do you need no, to run do you want good. to run upstairs real quick? You need to you need to go?
2: No. Are you no, sure? I'm good.
1: Okay, well, if you, if you decide otherwise. I just, just went a whole day know.
2: without drinking water. I think I can make an hour. <laughs> All right, fair enough.
1: If you don't know, Yom Kippur just happened. We're coming up now to Sukkot. It's going to be a barn buster over here in Washington State. we got a lot going on. Uh,
2: that's neither Caleb, here nor there. Just yes. so you know, Mikot is Sukkot.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, (laughs) that's how you know it's going to be a good show. Bad dad Hebrew joke. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. Uh, Write us. I just made that up,
2: by the way. That was like...
1: I can tell. C H E G G at Tor Resource dot Give us a call, two five three four six five thirty two oh five. It's two five three four six five thirty two oh five. You won't talk to us, you talk to an answer machine. You can tell us how much you love us, hate us, whatever you want to. Just like Brittany did, Brittany uh, has called us back, and guess what? She brings up some great points, a lot of great points that we are going to talk about today. And and I think that, you know, I think this is one of the reasons that I'm so excited for this show is because she hits on so many, so many good uh, various avenues to go down. And we actually have, I'll tell you this, we actually have another person, I said we were going to talk about their email today, wanted us to talk about John 2028. We're going to try to get to it. I, I will be completely honest. I doubt we will make it there. Probably not. I don't think let's we're going to make it. it there.
2: Let's just call it. it well, let's just call be it right next week.
1: now. <laughs> that's well, actually, and that's the other thing is that we might have to pre-record next week because since it's going to be in the middle of Sukkot, I'm actually leaving and going up to a uh, a resort for uh, for two days with the family uh, in our temporary dwelling which is a very nice hotel. Um so anyway, uh, not that's it that's why it's so temporary is cuz it's nice. Anyway, um so we'll probably we will probably pre-record but uh we will we will get to John 20:28 20, at some point soon. Um and uh yeah, anyway. Okay, so There's our phone number. This show, uh, you can find this show and all past shows on messiahmatters.com. You can watch on uh, YouTube on there. You can listen via podcast on there. You can uh, read show notes. You can uh, buy merch, do all sorts of stuff. And finally, this show is produced by TorahResource.com. If you want anything uh, for Sukkot in terms of traditional liturgy, if you want to read articles, if you want to learn more about Sukkot, you can do so on TorahResource.com. Most of it, not all of it, but a lot of it is free and you can go read free articles and all sorts of stuff there. Finally, and last but certainly not least, please do not uh, forget to subscribe to this YouTube channel. If you haven't already, we would really appreciate it. It means the world to us, believe it or not. And if you've already subscribed, please give this video a like. That helps us too. I know that sounds weird, but it actually does. Wow. Love is bigger. All right. You know what? I don't have my, uh, I don't have my soundboard up. Let me get my soundboard up. And while I do that, um, should we listen to this audio all the way through or should we, what do you want to do? You want to listen to it all the way through once and then, and then we'll go back. Okay. So as I've already said, Brittany has, uh, so if you missed the first, uh, the first installment of Britney's uh, uh, voicemail, then go back to show 443, take a listen to that. We spent an entire show just talking about Britney's uh, wonderful voice message, and uh, she called uh, to do a follow-up uh, voicemail and to respond to some of the things that we said, which, by the way, is extremely uh, appreciated by us because uh, she, not only did she clarify, but she brought up a lot of, of uh, new... New things. So, um, okay. Before we do this, hang on. Love is bigger has given us a super chat, and I want to, um, I want to bless you with uh, some sound bites. Let's do here Some special
2: audio. Some yes.
1: special. Let's oh, audio do. delight.
2: Auditory okay. delight.
1: Audit- <laughs> Auditory delight. Okay, here we go. Let's uh, let's do this this this.
2: Read your Bible is interpreted by experts.
1: Let me put it this way. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates?
2: Weights and measures.
1: You've been blessed. Thank you to Love is Bigger for the Super Chat. We really do appreciate that for sure. Okay, now back to Brittany. Brittany has followed up. Let's listen to this. Now, as... Par- I say this every time we have a long uh, voicemail. Normally, we try to keep voicemails and uh, audio files below a minute, and the reason why is because a lot of the time, it can it can just ramble on. Brittany is not that way. In fact, she is captivating at every at every turn in this voicemail, and so we're gonna play the whole thing, three minutes long. It's I think it's a new record on this show. Here we go.
3: Hi, Caleb. It's Brittany again. Thank you so much for answering my question. Um, I wanted to clarify what I meant by extra laws. So when I'm in extra laws or extra rules, I'm referring to what would have not come naturally to the Gentile, as as, uh, Romans 2 was talking about, that they do by nature the things that are in the law without knowing the law. And then it goes on to reference some of the Ten Commandments. So I don't think anyone argues that shall not lie, that shall not steal. Those things are written on the conscience and especially a Holy Spirit-filled Christian. And so they're getting credit for the Torah without knowing the extra. When I say extra, I mean the things that an uneducated Gentile would be unaware of, especially at this, in Romans. Um, so that's what I was referring to. Um, you know, there's so many things, uh, like when uh, – when Peter's told to kill and eat, and I know you say that's an analogy of you know accepting the Gentiles. However, I I don't know that there's anywhere else in the Bible where God uses a sinful act as an analogy, and then we see in other to do something good, and then we see in other areas where it says you know talking about the taste not touch not handle not. So I see where God seems to constantly trying to be trying to break. The Jews of their tradition, but I don't see, especially with the church being predominantly Gentile, where God has given us information where he wants us. Like you think he would be telling the church, look, why aren't you doing the Tessalon? Why aren't you this? Why aren't you that? And we don't see that. We see the opposite. Um, I think that for you to tell me that the dietary laws are in place, that's going to be a very hard sell. Um, If you could mention a book or something, I'm like, ready and willing i think pork is a nasty meat i think there's like health reasons why you wouldn't want to eat those things but um i just don't i'm just not seeing it <laughs> i'm not seeing it and i'm always excited to learn something outside of my tradition i was raised back with my dad's pastor my grandpa's a pastor you know and i love learning new things i wasn't raised with believe it or not so i'm ready and open but um you know another thing is Rob mentioned who's really really nice guy you can tell he's a really nice guy but he, a he nice mentioned guy. that the text got it wrong I've always always been a pet peeve of mine when someone tells me hey your bible got it wrong the translators got it wrong you need someone to come and speak Greek for you I would rather I, I can take it a lot better if you tell me Brittany you got this wrong and I'm like okay cool show me where so you know I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying and I enjoy you guys show so Thank you for answering
1: my question. Bye. Okay, several things here. Number one, uh, we we uh, we need to acknowledge that um, as this show continues to go on, and as we continue to uh, to produce more and more content, and we've been doing this for ten years, so you know there we now have a lot of content. On the on on the YouTube's, um, the thing is is that our our audience is actually shifting, and what I mean by that is we do have a core uh, listening audience that has been listening for ten years, some some of them a shorter five years, whatever, um, and they agree with us, so it's a little bit of an echo chamber, right, that we're talking to. But Brittany represents what I would consider to be a newer kind of listener, and that is people who are. Uh, Within the mainstream Christian church, they are not convinced on things, you know, and and a lot of the time people are going to, in fact, I got several emails this past week from various people saying, hey, look, I'm convinced on the moral laws or I'm convinced on the moral and civil laws, but I'm not convinced on the ceremonial laws because of Hebrews or I'm not convinced, uh, you know, that all of the the laws need to be kept. So we're seeing Brittany as a representation, not just of herself, but of a, a, of I, I think a growing uh, part of our audience who uh, appreciate and have, I would call them semi-pronomian or pronomian, uh, you know, uh, a standard Christian pronomian. They think that the law has a lot of great value, but they're not convinced necessarily that, that they should be keeping Certain laws within the Torah. Okay, so so that's good. Number two, I I agree with with Brittany when she says when someone tells me that the Bible got it wrong, I have a problem with that. I completely agree with that, and I'm gonna uh, we're gonna talk about that. I would I would say at length. In fact, I would say uh, that uh, that is not that that's not the case. And like I said, we'll talk about that, but we're gonna. I think Rob has keyed up a couple of English translations that translate it exactly the way that that we believe it should be translated. <clears throat> and the thing is, is that. I'm going to reference this, and I know that I don't want to misrepresent Brittany here in any way, shape, or form. But the idea that the Bible has got it wrong is something that the Christian Church has said, and that, that the Christian Church has said since the second century, and maybe even to the first century. The notion that we wouldn't keep the kosher, and we're going we're to we're walk through Brittany's uh, voicemail, but. The fact that, that, like the idea that we wouldn't keep the Sabbath or that we wouldn't keep the kosher laws, this is literally the church saying, "Hey, those places where God said it's forever, and you need to do this forever—that the Sabbath is a covenant between me and my people forever, and you shall do it forever—that's not right." That's what they're saying. They're saying the Bible is wrong here, and so the the I think the notion is is that Christianity uh, is just taking the Bible at face value, and and. To be frank, what Christianity has done is they have interpreted, 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 and the interpretation has become mainstream. But if you just read the Bible, think of the Torah being the first written word. It is the ruler that everything else has to stack up to. If we say that the Torah is wrong, then why can't we say that the Book of Mormon is right? Why can't we say that Islam and and Muhammad were correct? What they did was they came along and said, well, the Torah was wrong. And so we're going to give you the real interpretation,
2: and that well, doesn't Isn't work. she saying though that it was, it was the rule, and then God says, "Look, we're changing things now." She had a phrase where she's like, "Look, you guys need to calm down." On I think the phrase like, "You guys need to calm down," not us, but like God telling the Jews, "You need to calm down," even though you have good intentions. We're changing things now. Yeah, there was and, a phrase like but, that. But
1: but but once again, if that if that is the case. Let's just say that that's what God did. That means that God, even has though He says,
2: "I I change not," I change plus, not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, Israel would be consumed? And right. So are we? Are we? Do we have to say Malachi now doesn't mean what it means?
1: Right. But also that would make God out to be a liar. And this, and the reason why is because He says it's forever, 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 and all of a sudden now God is saying, no, nope, never mind." So. Once again— Okay, now,
2: but I could—one I, I, response would be, well, it's forever for the Jews, but not for the church.
1: Yeah, and we're going to look at passages. You know, uh, Brittany asked for a book. We're going to—I got a book for you. Uh, and we're going to look at this book. It's, uh, it's in the Bible, and it <laughs> says that the Gentiles are going to keep the, keep the kosher laws and going to keep the, the festivals and, and, and the Sabbath. Not prior, but in the future, from where we're at right now.
2: The reason the temple was destroyed, when Yeshua went in and knocked over the the tables and he's citing Isaiah 56, it's because of the the Israel that was to be a light to the nation's had was hiding that light underneath a bushel, so to speak. You've turned it, you've made what's supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. You've turned it into a den of thieves. And so it, it needs to be destroyed. Because God's not going to continue to endorse people who are in the privileged position of shining His light and representing Him, His the truth of who He is, His glory to the world, and has twisted it in on to to their own worldly purposes. Be, and so that be, God says, before, "I'm not going to enable that."
1: Before we before we jump into the uh, and go kind of piece by piece through this, one of the things I do want to say is, look as as believers. We have 66 books. The standard canon of 66 books is what we're working with. It is our task to attempt to figure out how all of these books work together, just like a puzzle piece, without contradicting themselves. And that means that mainstream Christianity cannot come along and say, well, this doesn't fit with this, so we're getting rid of this. And what I see, and this is, I will give, you know, we've we've really pushed against the Hebrew Roots Movement in the past couple of shows. One of the things that I will give the Hebrew Roots Movement credit for is they are attempting to make all of the, and I would say this about all of the Torah Movement, we are attempting, the Torah Movement at large is attempting to show how the Bible fits with itself. How can Matthew 5, 17 and following fit with, the, with things like, I don't know, Colossians 2? How can, uh, you know, uh, Matthew 5, 17, and following fit with Mark 7 and Acts 10. And you know what? There are really good answers for that. But what I hear the mainstream Christian church saying is we don't need answers for that. They're not trying to make these things fit. They're just saying those things are, are no more. You can't say that. God says they're forever. That's the point, is that they are forever. And so you can't say that they are no more. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't line up—you're not dealing with the texts. What you're doing is you're just right. brushing it under the rug. Okay, let's go to Brittany's—
2: um, well, when, when, If I might just insert one other passage from Math, Matthew 7. He says, many will come to me on that day saying, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? In your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. He's not saying, Lord, Lord, did we not seek to, to uh, put you first in all things and seek to walk in your commandments, even though we know we are imperfect? That's not, the, that's not the complaint. It sounds like these are the things that you find not in among Torah communities that are seeking to walk in the commandments, but in popular Christianity, prophesying in, in his name, try, casting out demons, performing the attempting to perform miracles in God's name. If you use that as a profile for people that Yeshua's words himself give us suspicion that's the profile, not people who are, and even earlier in Matthew 5, he says, therefore, whoever teaches others to do the same, who teaches these commandments and others to do the same, they'll be great in the kingdom. But those who do not do them and teach others not to do them, they will be least. And it's like, okay, it's like, you know, we got to be, if, if, if we believe the word of God is true, we, this, these kind of passages should, should stop us in our tracks. This is, why,
1: this is why we came so hard against those guys from Cultish, what was it, last week? When they said, they said well, Martin Luther's not our, our authority. Exactly. If the Bible is your authority, then you should listen to the Bible. Forever. And let the Bible be, yeah, let be so. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's, let's go to Brittany's, because, uh, man, they're, they're, once again, Brittany, I really do appreciate this voicemail. And the reason why is because I, not only do I hear, you know. I love
2: her tenacity. Like, yeah, she, absolutely. This, this is, like, great. I mean, I love this kind of voicemail. So again, and I appreciate that she's not shy to call back and say, hey, just I said something. I just wanted to add a couple more sentences. So to make sure you're understanding, I really appreciate that. That is that is a a tenacity that is really wonderful.
1: All right, let's let's go back to it. Here we go.
3: Um, I wanted to clarify what I meant by extra laws. So when I'm in extra laws or extra rules, I'm referring to what would have not come naturally to the Gentile, as, uh, as uh, Romans 2 was talking about, that they do by nature the things that are in the law without knowing the law. And then it goes on to reference some of the Ten Commandments. So I don't think anyone argues.
1: Okay. No, well, we should pro- play the last part. I don't think anybody argues.
3: Thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal. Those things are written on the conscience and especially a Holy Spirit filled Christian.
1: And- okay, we're gonna pause there. This I I I think I, I, I'm gonna push you on this. I I do I definitely disagree. And the reason why is because if you look at the Roman culture in the first century, you have cult prostitution. If a if a girl if a father did not give his daughter in cult prostitution to the to the uh pagan temples, it was it was like your family was defamed. That, that kind of, you know, cult prostitution was the way that you honored the gods. Are you telling me that, that, that all of a sudden, as soon as they became saved, the way that they were raised and the, and the things that they... I will tell you, I'll, I can tell you stories about this. When we went to the Philippines, you know, there are things within the, uh, the, the tribal cultures that I saw and I just thought, I can't... But by, by the way, these people have come to Christ. They're believers, but they're, they're rituals that they still hold very dear because they are part of their heritage. They have things in them that I'm just sitting there looking at, going, ah, uh, I don't think this is biblical. Like, this, somebody needs to tell these people that, like, this might be part of the original culture, but this is not, like, we shouldn't be doing this. So, when we are raised in a certain way and things, we think of things as honoring, we think of things as, holy that are completely not and this would include things like cult prostitution. I don't think that all of a sudden the gentiles and this is I mean the the laws that are given to the gentiles in Acts 15 is exactly this this reason. They talk about cult prostitution, they talk about blood, they talk about the things that went on in the temple. Why? Because the Jews knew that if they if the people still continue to do these things, they would not they would be seen as pagan. So the point is, is no, I'm sorry, I don't agree with you. I think that the idea of natural law is not something that happened in the Roman culture like you think it did. They didn't come to, to Christ and think, hmm, I probably shouldn't be going to the pagan temple and having sex with people. That's not, I, I think that that was so ingrained in the culture that that was just what happened. Rob?
2: Yeah, and there was a line there that, there was a sentence that I heard Brittany say about, in the hearts of people, and especially in Holy Spirit-filled people. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. And and so I just want to pause there and say, Brittany, thank you for thinking I'm a nice guy. You know, that's...
1: <laughs> you but, are a nice guy, Rob.
2: Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> but I, I, I want to just say, no, you don't need someone to come and teach you Greek. I, if I said something like that, then I misspoke and I apologize. But I did... I would encourage, and this is for everybody, if you've got a Bible passage that is blocking you from, that feels like it's a, it's a stronghold, it's like, wow, this scripture really makes it feel, for me as a Christian, the Torah doesn't apply, make notes of those. And it's, I hear you quoting Acts 10, Colossians 2, um, Romans 2, and maybe there was another one that you mentioned. But... I appreciate those are kind of consider those in a file folder together and then do some deep dives on those. And one deep dive you can do without getting into original languages is it's, it's a free online thing. You go to biblegateway.com, you look up the verse and then it's like says, show all English translations. So click that and you'll get a list of like 50 English versions of that verse. And I just want to show you uh, with Romans 2.14, there are two that stick out that have it correct. And this is the um, the Christian standard Bible. And the other is- Which is legit uh, New by Testament the way. for everyone, which is NT right. So, and both of these, now, again, I, I haven't read the entire Bibles of these versions. So this is not an endorsement of them whole cloth, but in terms of Romans 2:14 they have it precisely correctly so what i'm suggesting is not that you need to throw out your bible and have someone come and teach you greek that's not my suggestion at all it's to when you come to a verse like this that seems to feel like you've got traction against the revelation of the torah from god himself to do it that's a little flag to say oh i need to do a deep dive here is it possible that subsequent christian Uh, Doctrine and misunderstanding, institutionalized attitudes are really what's governing the the translators here rather than actually the actual text. And so here, I'll just give you this, the the Christian Standard Bible. Again, this is online. Um, It's so, this is 2.14, Romans. So, comma, when Gentiles, comma, who do not by nature have the law, comma, do what the law demands. That's that's the accurate translation of the Greek. That's, and that's a new translation, Christian standard Bible. I think there's over a hundred scholars. Uh, and the other is N.T. N- Wright. He, he uses paraphrastic. It's kind of, uh, uh, the New Testament for everyone It's kind of like an NIV. So you'll hear how it's more paraphrastic, but, but Dr. Wright nails it. This is how it works out. He says, Gentiles don't possess the law as their birthright. But whenever they do what the law says, they're a law for themselves, despite not possessing the law, and that is by their birthright. And that's what it means. It's not by, there is no one, and this is a sad blind spot of the English translators that have gotten this Romans 2.14 wrong, sad blind spot, is that they they are sneaking in this idea that humanity has the capacity to please God without faith, to please God because of some just natural inclination or just out of good intention. And and in one of uh, Brittany's voice, she said, well, they have good intentions, but God's saying yeah. And what I want to say is the Bible doesn't teach that there's anything that exists that's called a good intention. And if there was, if someone has a good intention, there is no human aside from Yeshua who can discern it. Genesis six five says, when the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's Genesis six five. Okay, wait, 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 this wait, wait. This is wait, what wait. they call yetzer ra, evil inclination. And our presumption for all humans is that it's a yet, it's an evil inclination. Okay, but hang on just a sec. Here's the thing about what Rob's talking
1: about right now is that for Brittany and anyone else out there, you know, Brittany says in her voicemail, "I was raised Baptist." This is a. This is not a Hebrew roots. It's not a messianic. It's not a pronomian teaching. It's biblical. Yes. This is Baptist. The Baptist will tell well, you. Baptist. There's there's no one who can do good. Not one. Right. The evil inclination even, even is Romans. always evil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. So so the point is is that Rob is not teaching something here that is and like against biblical theology for the mainstream Christian. When it comes to Baptist theology, which Brittany was raised in, what what Rob is saying here is baptist theology. And so the way that you're reading Romans 2 does not even line up with baptist theology. It it, it 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 can't. And the reason why is because there's not one who does good, not even one. Every like every intention of the heart is evil until you come to Christ.
2: Regeneration. Yeah. Right. So there is no there is no third spot. There's no third place of a Gentile who has good intentions but is ignorant of the God of Israel we might like in our morals in our judeo-christian society where we have institutions that reflect morality biblical morality more or less and then you have citizens that grow up and kind of internalize some of these morals that's not righteousness by faith that's just they've been trained to 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 behave a certain way right
1: and we see this in the church too right there're plenty of people who are raised in the church they're they're what we would call Quote-unquote, quote marks for those listening, not watching. Quote marks, good people. But really, they don't really believe in in the Bible. It doesn't mean they please God. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, let's keep going.
3: So they're getting credit for the Torah without knowing the extra. When I say extra, I mean the things that an uneducated Gentile would be unaware of.
1: What does it mean to get credit for the Torah? See, because I would yeah, say I the only co- only co- now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna guess what what Brittany means by that, but I'm just gonna say this: only covenant members. And I I, I was reading this the other day in uh, Hebrews, right? No, is that no one pleases God until they come to Christ, right? Only we can only pre- please Christ yeah, without through faith. faith.
2: Romans or Hebrews eleven says, without faith, yeah. it is impossible to please Him. Exactly. And so so the point is is that and you can't we, you can't have biblical faith in
1: God and reject Yeshua. <laughs> yeah, and and I don't know so th- this is the reason that I don't want to speak for Brittany here is because I don't actually think she's saying that, but I'm not exactly clear on what it is she means by that. So, let's just keep going. We'll 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 pass over that one for now. Let's keep going.
3: Especially at this in Romans. Um so that's what I was referring to. Um you know, there's so many things uh like when uh, when Peter's told to kill and eat. And I know you say that's an analogy.
1: Hang on. I don't say that's an analogy. I don't say that that's an analogy. Peter does. Peter says it's well, an he analogy. Doesn't even, he,
2: he doesn't even use the word analogy, but he says, God has shown me. Right. Like, and so we so, got to trust Peter's interpretation of his own dream.
1: <laughs> right. Acts ten twenty eight. right? He says, and he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit any one of other nations. But God has Which, shown that's me, extra
2: biblical, by the way.
1: That right. is a man-made tradition. Right. But God has shown me, and here's the interpretation of His own vision that I should not call any person common or unclean. So exactly. it's not about he, he doesn't say he doesn't say God has shown me that we can eat whatever we want. What he says is God has shown me that we should not call any person common or unclean. Let's keep going. And what does he mean by that? He says,
2: God has shown me I I had a false Torah idea. Right. And I was living by it in fear. Yep. And God has shown me, he's kicked me in the rear. Yep. That I needed this correction. And now I've actually am more attuned to God's Torah than I was before.
1: As as Rob and I were listening to, as Rob and I were listening to this because we listened to this together before we came on air. As we were listening to this, uh, she, because she says nowhere in the Bible uh, does God use uh, something sinful as an analogy or something that we'll listen to it here in just a second. Rob and I both said the exact same passage at the exact same time.
0: Of uh, you
3: know accepting the Gentiles. However, I, I don't know that there's anywhere else in the Bible where God uses a sinful act as an analogy and then
1: we see another other ezekiel 4 let's go there let's go to ezekiel 4 so ezekiel 4 10 through 15 and i have it pulled up here somewhere uh but it's probably not gonna matter let's just go ezekiel sorry i thought i had it pulled up 10 uh what in the world oh 10 through 14 Uh, Your food, you know, God is now talking to Ezekiel in this passage, right? And by the way, there are two places in the entire Bible where uh, God tells somebody to do something and they say no. And both of those things have to do with unclean food. One is in Ezekiel 4, the other is in Acts 10. And guess what? In both cases, the person never ends up eating the food. So in, if you go and you read uh right it has a prophetic
2: acts, it, both are prophetic purposes to communicate right. a problem with Israel and right. Yeah.
1: and and uh in in acts 10 one of the things that we don't see in fact uh Peter says no to God three times and never does God make him do it we never see we never see Peter saying all right fine here give me the food I'm gonna eat it No, he continues to resist, resist, resist. And the same thing happens in Ezekiel 4.10. Here we go. Your food which you eat shall be 20 shekels a day by weight. You shall eat it from time to time. The water you drink shall be the sixth part of a hin by measure. You shall drink it from time to time. You shall eat it as a barley cake having baked it in their sight over human dung. Then the Lord said, thus will the sons of Israel eat their bread unclean among the nations where I will banish them. So what is the point of him eating uh, food in front of Israel that is cooked over human excrement so that they will realize that uh, their bread will be unclean uh, because they'll eat it among the nations. And verse 14, but I said, ah, Lord, God, behold, I have never been defiled for from my youth. (laughs) What does this make you think of? I mean, this is clearly, uh, we're seeing the same thing in Acts 10. For from my youth until now, I have never eaten what died of itself or what torn by the, was torn by beasts, nor has any unclean meat ever entered my mouth. Now you'd think that God would say, hey, what, what did I say? Go do what I just told you to do. God doesn't say that. Then he In said a way, to me, you,
2: you can understand that Peter's response, he must yes. be thinking Ezekiel. don't you think that's my view absolutely he's like oh i i I see where we're
1: going here (laughs) then he said to me see i will give you cow's dung in place of human dung over which you will prepare your bread So uh, I I am going to push once again against Brittany's idea that there is nowhere that that such a a sign is given. It's given directly in Ezekiel. I I think that Peter is thinking of this as he's having this vision. He says no to God three times. God never makes him eat it. We never see Peter eating it. And in the end, what does Peter say? Peter says, ah, God has shown me that no person is unclean. Okay, let's keep going.
3: To do something good. And then we see in other areas where it says, you know, talking about the taste not, touch not, handle not. So I see where God... Seems According to the traditions of myth.
2: Go ahead. Well, I just need to pull it up because isn't that... Colossians 2, it sounded like she's conflating that with the Ten Commandments. Or Torah observance like, in general. Like, um, so Colossians 2.20, if you have died with Messiah to the stoicheia of the world why as if you were living in the world do you submit yourself to decrees such as do not handle do not taste do not touch in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men that it sounds like i could be wrong but i'm here what i'm hearing britney say is that colossians two twenty one is those are god's those are from god
1: right but he and says, and now people are going around yeah. thinking
2: they're doing God's will, and they're mistaken because they need to break God's will. Which, when the very next verse, Colossians two twenty-two says, "In accordance with commandments and teachings of men." This is the core issue of it's like hand washing, right? Um, it's the fasting on certain days that are not— worshiping like uh, angels. Typical. It's the thing from don't Jews can't eat with a with a non-Jew, and then. It's this, oh, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are commandments of men that obscure and distort the light of the gospel, the light of the truth of the revelation of the Torah, etc., etc.
1: All right, let's keep going.
3: Trying to break the Jews of their tradition. But I don't see, especially with the church being predominantly Gentile, where God has given us information.
1: Let's pause real quick.
2: Once the predominantly again, I, doesn't matter because the because there's a remnant in every right. in every uh, generation. I mean that's back to Hebrews one or Hebrews eleven, right? That or Romans eleven that uh, right. by faith, right? By faith, by faith, by faith, all the way through Hebrews eleven, and Romans Roman, eleven, uh, Romans eleven and Hebrews eleven together. Um, Romans eleven is the tree, and the 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 branches doesn't matter how big br- those branches are. It doesn't matter that the Gentile branches or non-natural or wild olive branches outnumber the natural olive branches. It doesn't matter. The trunk is the same. The, the sap is the same. They're, I, yeah, they're I think, participating I, in the same covenant. Right. And if, if for a Christian to imagine that they're not part of a covenant is a, is a, a tragic uh, I, failure yeah, of I, biblical I, education.
1: I think that, the, that one of the biggest uh, missteps that the church has ever made is believing that they are separate from Israel, that there is a, is a, there is a different entity that is the church. There is no separate entity that is the church. There is covenant members. We attach to Israel through faith in Christ, through the covenant, but I think that that's going to be, you know, she talks about a hard sell here in a few seconds. I think that that's going to be a harder sell for Christians is the notion that they're not they're not more special than Israel. In other words, the remnant of Israel is covenant members who have Christ. We attach to them. What the church has done is said, "No, Israel is no more. If you are Jew, if you are a Jew by by blood, and you come to Christ, you be you don't be, you know you're not special. You become part of yeah. the church now. We are better than than Israel. I don't think that that's so what Brittany's saying, but th- I but think that's it's certainly way, ingrained. I think it's certainly ingrained view, in the theology.
2: Yeah, from that viewpoint, Caleb, I, what I hear you're pointing out is. <laughs> So it, Brittany is is what's what's on her plate, in my estimation right now, is an issue not of just ecclesiology, Brittany.
1: right? And I think this is this is a, a problem with with most and even people in the Torah movement today. There's still this notion that once you become a Christian, you be you become part of the church. And my point is, there's no such thing as the church in as as the church as the church has believed it. In other words, there is the ecclesia, right? The, the The Greek here is ecclesia, but ecclesia is used of Israel in the in the in the Torah, and so the point is is that the ecclesia is the covenant members. As we become covenant members, we enlarge that which God has given the covenant to, which is. Israel. And so the notion that, that we are part of the church, there's different laws for the church. This is, a, I think this is a huge misstep. Anyway, I, th- I, this is not the point, And I, and I don't want to dog on, on Brittany for this, uh, because I think that this is, like I said, I think this is a, a mainstream view of people. I, I think it's something that's been ingrained into us that we, that we just continue. It just keeps coming up, right? Okay. Let's keep going. Cause we're getting to some fun parts. Uh-oh. My mouse stopped working. Something about health, the idea of health.
3: Like you think he would be telling the church, look, why aren't you doing the Tessalon? Why aren't you this? Why aren't you that? And we don't see that. We see the opposite.
1: I disagree with that as well. Um, In fact, uh, the only place that I think that you start to get into the idea of the Torah being done away with is a few, not a lot, a few places in Paul. Now, Paul continually says that we should be keeping the Torah, as does John. But here's the thing. Yeshua, right? Yeshua says over and over again that we should be keeping the law. John says that sin is lawlessness. Paul says, they say, hey, go to the temple and sacrifice. This is 21 years, 20 to 21 years after he accepts Christ. Go to the temple and sacrifice so that we, so you can show people that you're not speaking against uh, Moses. And what does he say? He doesn't say, you know what? I am speaking against Moses. All these laws are done away with. What are you talking about? Keep in mind, he's, he's already written Romans. He's already written Galatians, right? What does he say? Okay, I'll do that. Why? To show that he's not saying that the Torah's been done away with. Uh, uh, Yeshua says Romans five uh, uh, five seventeen and following. Right? We've already quoted it today. Let's do another one in Luke sixteen sixteen through seventeen. It's probably a parallel of the Matthew five seventeen passage. He says the law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached, and everyone forces his way into it. Now, what? Now you would expect Christ to say. Now you don't have to do the law anymore. That's not what he says. He says, but it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. So the teaching of Yeshua and his disciples and Paul is that the Torah continues today and
2: that we are to keep it. There are only a couple. Another point back to the good intentions, like the Jews had good intentions with all their laws that God gave them but God has come to change things. If we go back to what Yeshua says, someone, a lawyer asks him, what's the greatest commandment in the Torah? And he says, hear, O Israel, Lord God, Lord is one. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, etc." And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor yourself. It says all the Torah and the prophets are contingent, hang upon these two commandments. Okay, what does that mean? That means that there were a lot of Jews in that day who were keeping the Sabbath. A lot of Jews who were, Uh, tithing a lot of jews that were set up you know setting apart the holy days but they weren't they weren't doing it out of true love of god and love of other therefore it it was invalid it does not please god the only way you please god is if your obedience and walk with him is rooted and grounded in the greatest commandments as yeshua tells us which is from deuteronomy and leviticus Deuteronomy, the Shema, hero Israel, love God, et cetera. And then Leviticus, the core of, of, of Levitical commandments, the priesthood, love your neighbors yourself. Now, I've heard Christians say, well, we yes, that's true. But they'll say, yes, that's true. Those are in the Torah. And yes, those are not in the Ten Commandments. But the reason we keep them as Christians is not because they're in the Torah and were revealed in the Torah, but because yeshua just stated them afresh and so our obedience to god is in yeshua's uh reutterance of them anew not not as it was uttered by him at sinai <laughs> right <laughs> and and to me that's another trying to play twister in your brain you know in order to not in order to push back and say you know i just feel uncomfortable with these dietary laws Like it's a hard sell. Yeah,
1: I actually want to, I want to get there. That's, that's really where I'm trying to get to, by the way, is, is to, uh, the comment about, uh, uh, the dietary laws. Let's keep going.
3: Um, I think that for you to tell me that the dietary laws are in place, that's going to be a very hard sell. Um, if you could,
2: Hey, hey, at least she's honest, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, 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 I really appreciate Brittany and all the brothers and sisters to that are in the same place as her. And there's a I lot, hope by the way, that I hope that our discussion is at least helping that is engaging with the core of where their heart is and that we're not, you know, belittling them or dismissing them so that they're going to leave the conversation. That that's my hope.
1: Yeah. Well, absolutely. One of the things I don't want Brittany to feel is like, we're, we're saying, come on, how stupid this enough, is. Yeah. yeah. It, it, uh, we will get animated about these things because this is something that, I mean, I've spent, and I was thinking about this the other day. You know, I'm, I'm 42 years old right now. I came, my family started to walk in Torah when I was about six to seven years old. I was nine when we uh, celebrated Christmas for the last time. I think I was seven or eight when we did Halloween for the last time. Uh, kosher laws became pretty standard in my house when I was 10. So I was, I I lived a portion of my life in the standard Christian church and Christmas was my favorite holiday. Right. But the thing is, is that I thought the other day, you know, I've spent the better half of my life, more of my life has been spent advocating for the church to keep the Torah than it has the other way, the other way. And so we get animated about these things because we have, you know, this is something that it, that I am actually, I, I'll side note real quick. I did an interview for a Christian uh, news organization, I don't even remember who they were, but uh, they, the, the lady and I had an hour and a half conversation about Torah observance in the church. And really what happened was, she didn't even ask me a question, I just started talking. And then I talked for a half an hour and said, I'm really sorry, go ahead and ask a question. Okay, so after an hour and a half, she says to me, you know, you're very passionate about this. Why are you so passionate about this? Now, I will admit that that took me off guard, and I didn't, I didn't answer probably the way I should have, okay? But if I think about it now, the reason why is because I love God and his covenants. I'm passionate about it because I know that, that this is the truth. And I think that the church is, is going to reform to it. So I don't want Brittany to think that we're just trying to bash her or anything like that. This is just, this is, this is our, this is my wheelhouse, this is where I. This is where I feel the most comfortable. Let's keep going.
3: to be a very hard sell. Um, if you could mention a book or something, I'm like ready and willing. I think pork is a nasty meat. I think there's like health reasons why you wouldn't want to eat those things.
1: I got a book for you, Brittany. Here we go. We're gonna go to Isaiah. This is the book for you, and um. The reason why this book is so important is because, well, I mean, obviously it's part of the, the word of God, um, but let's go, we're gonna go to um, 56, Isaiah 56, okay? I will, I'm gonna start in six, 56.6, six. And, the, and the foreigners, who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him. By the way, we're we're apocalyptic now. This is talking about the day of the Lord, the day of his his second coming. And the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants. Anyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant. So this is important, holds fast my covenant. So he's talking about the Sabbath and the covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. Now, I thought that those were done away with. My, uh, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The Lord God who gathers, out, out, uh, gathers the outcast of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. Now, hang on. We're not done yet because we want to move now over to 66. So first of all, the Gentiles are going to keep the Sabbath. And they're going to keep the covenant. What covenant are they talking about? He's talking about the Sabbath, so clearly that can be done away with. Let's go to to, uh, Isaiah 66. By the way, my ESV titles this passage of Scripture, Final Judgment and Glory of the Lord. So once again, we're talking about future. For behold, the Lord will come. I'm in verse 15, by the way. For behold, the Lord will come in fire and his chariot like a whirlwind to render his anger and fury, and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire will the Lord enter into judgment, and by his word with all flesh. And those slain by the Lord shall be many. Those who sanctify and purify themselves to go into the gardens, following one in the midst, eating pig's flesh, and the abomination and mice shall come to an end together, declares the Lord. I thought that the kosher laws were done away with. I thought that the Gentiles didn't have to keep them. He's talking to Gentiles here. He's talking to the nations. Now, when, you know, I bring this up often, but when I, when I, uh, I've talked to several people, you know, Schumacher is the greatest example. Go watch Schumacher and my, and by the way, I love Schumacher and, and he, he had, he and I had a great interview together, but when I brought this up to him, what he, I mean, I, I, I have to say it was probably the weakest defense I've heard uh, of this, but it's the only defense that I've heard from someone who is advocating that the church shouldn't be keeping the Torah. It's the only uh, defense that I've heard. And boy, oh boy, was it weak. Talk about not trusting your Bible. Schumacher told me, well, really God is just using examples that the Jews would know, but he doesn't really mean those things. Talk about not Trust it like the Bible. You can't trust what the Bible says.
2: That is a a
1: perfect example of that.
2: Oh, wait. But see, what this is this is a watering down or a changing of the word mitzvah. Mitzvah means commandment. Right. In order to have a mitzvah, you have to have a metzaveh, a commander. Right. And if, and that has to do with authority and that has to do with like top down. And, and even if you want to look at the Gospel of Matthew, the, the first time we hear the word faith in the Gospel of Matthew is Matthew 8, where the centurion comes to Yeshua and says, I understand authority. I have people that tell me what to do, and I do it. I have people under me, I tell them what to do. I say, go, and he goes. Come, and he comes. Do this, and they do it. And Yeshua said, and he tells Yeshua, all you have to do is say the word, <clears throat> because I understand authority. And what does Yeshua say? Oh, this guy understands authority? No. He says, I have not seen this faith, faith like this in Israel. He says, faith, according to the gospel of Matthew, faith, a part of our grasping what biblical faith is, is inseparable from grasping commander commandment. That means obligation. That means responsibility. That means accountability. It's not everything, every commandment really isn't a commandment. It's really a parable and that's that's turning a commandment and just say it's a parable or it's a suggestion try that in the military right try that in a situation where you have chain of command and by denying that the torah and and the covenant is a chain of command scenario is again that's that's way that's trying to read the bible on different terms on foreign terms than rather than reading the bible on its own terms
1: so and uh... Talk about, you know, when we talk about reading the Bible on its own ter- terms, here's the thing is that if you read, you read the Tanakh, okay, we have Zechariah telling us that all the nations are going to go up and celebrate Sukkot, right? So the, so the festivals are still celebrated in the end time when the Messiah is reigning, right? The, the festivals are kept, okay? You have Isaiah telling us that the Gentiles will be keeping kosher and whoever doesn't is going to be destroyed, Right? Okay. You have Isaiah telling us that the, that the Gentiles are going to be keeping the covenant and the Sabbath. Okay, So now what I find interesting is that you have people, and this is where this is where the mainstream Christian theology doesn't stack up for me. I, I just don't understand how we can do this. Now you're telling me that, that something has changed. God comes along later. Jesus comes along later. Paul comes along later and says, none of that is true. Now maybe, maybe that's too harsh but I don't understand how those things could not be right. Like the kosher laws aren't for the Gentiles anymore. Well, it says in Leviticus that they're forever. Actually, what's the, what's the passage here? Um, give me just a second. Uh, oh, Deuteronomy 14. Let's look at Deuteronomy 14 real quick, All right? Deuteronomy 14 verses uh, three. You shall not eat any abomination. These are the animals you may eat. So Deuteronomy 14.3 tells us that you're not allowed to eat any abomination. So God doesn't change. You're not allowed to eat any abomination. Isaiah 66 tells us that the Gentiles are going to keep the kosher laws. Right? And that they keep the covenant. Right? Isaiah 56 tells us that the Gentiles keep the covenant. Now... You are, talk about a hard sell. You are going to have to do, I mean, there's, there's no situation where God tells us one thing and then people come along later and say, that's not right. And we accept the thing that comes along later. Everything that we accept after what is written here has to line up with it. So if Jesus comes along, if Paul comes along and says, the kosher laws are done away with, guess what? They're not who they say they are. So we have to, we have either one of two things happens here. Either we reject Paul and Yeshua, which you guys know, I'm not going to say we're going to do, but that's the, that's the option. If, if they're saying that the kosher laws and the covenant is done away with either they're not who they said they were, or we are misunderstanding them and we have to figure out how to line up what with what they're saying with what came first. And so, to Brittany and anyone else who's going to say, well, the kosher laws would be a hard sell. No, what's going to be a hard sell for me is you're going to have to show me how God could say what he said was forever is not forever. You're going to have to show me how in the end time we're all going to keep kosher again. But all of a sudden during this time, I mean, are we dispensationalists now? During this dispensation, the the law is put on the shelf. This is why dispensationalism uh, believes that we relate to God in different ways in different times. Is because they say that the Jews are going to have to keep the Torah again because that's how they have to reconcile the prophecies. Now, granted, someone like Brittany, you know, she says she was raised uh, Baptist, so we might be yeah, we might be talking about dispensationalism now. Now, I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to assume anything about uh, uh, Brittany or, or anyone else for that matter. So, if we're talking about a dispensational understanding of the Word of God, that um, that the people of God now, the church, we're in the church age, and the Torah is only for the the law age, which happened before the church and is going to happen after the church is raptured. Okay, now we can talk about those things. That's a completely different theology, and it's something that we certainly could address because it's clearly not biblical. But the point is, is that Yeshua in Matthew 5.17 and in Luke 14, right? He tells us that the law is not done away with. So once again, I, I, I honestly and truly believe that the notion that Gentiles wouldn't keep the Sabbath, wouldn't keep the kosher laws, wouldn't keep the festivals... This is church doctrine being read back into text. It is not the other way around. It's not that, that the text is wrong. It's not that we have to re-understand our Bible uh, you know, because the, you know, we have to figure out what the translations say. No, what we have to do is we have to line up what has come later with the original word of God that came first. In other words, if the Torah came first, everything, that's the ruler. Everything has to stand up to it. You can't say that it's wrong.
2: Yeah, it seems like, you know, where Paul in Romans 11 says, be careful that you're not boasting against the branches. It feels like this is almost that type of thing where, where the the people or streams of teachings within the church, I don't want to say the whole church. I'm not going to throw the whole, ch- uh, you know, the whole church is not guilty of this, but it's, it is at least in American Christianity that I'm aware of. Right. It's, um, that there is this sense of oh you know this is what we call replacement theology or you know God has changed you know the church is a new thing um, it's an Acts two Pentecostal kind of it's a new thing that's that uh, God is done with the old thing and He's doing a new thing now and therefore it's under that way of framing it that then we can just you know like Andy Stanley you know we just un- unhitch ourselves right it's a burden right. It's a burden, and th- and that's that is failing to discern the body of Christ. That is failing to discern the covenant promise that is true for all generations, all the way back to Abel. Those who loved God by faith and recognizing that that faith in all believers—Noah, Abraham, Moses, David, all the prophets, etc., Daniel, Ezekiel—we quoted Ezekiel today—is. That's a work of God. The faith of, of the prophets is a work of God. Like it says in Peter, the spirit of Messiah was in them, teaching them, hinting, giving them the word of uh, not in fully full clarity all the time. In advance. That's why when we read in the Acts, it says, or in Hebrews, it says the Holy Spirit is saying, right? When it's interpreting a psalm, it says David spoke by the Holy Spirit or it, it says in uh, hebrews 9 i think it's hebrews 9 or hebrews 10 you know it quotes jeremiah it says the holy spirit is thus teaching it says it concerning the mishkan when in hebrews 9 where it's because t- this is something fresh in my mind from yom kippur talking about in hebrews 9 it talks about the first tabernacle and the second tabernacle meaning the holy place and the holy holies. It, it the author to hebrews says the holy spirit is teaching us this That means there is perfect coherence, perfect unity between the text of the revealed Torah and the Holy Spirit. And those who have eyes to see only have eyes to see because God, like it says in Psalm 119, open my eyes so that I can behold the wonders of your Torah. I can't look at your Torah and read it and understand it unless God does something in my heart. That's that's from the Psalms. That's from Deuteronomy. It, Deuteronomy, uh, Moses tells Israel, God, He still has not given you a heart to understand. Moses himself, his doctrine is that the natural man cannot know and or discern the things of God unless God activates it in their heart. That's just, that's just the biblical thing. In the rabbinic world, they call that that Yetzer Hatov, the good inclination. That's a lie. There is no good inclination. And even if there was, we like I said earlier, we wouldn't be able to know it, because we can't discern the heart. Only the word of God back to Hebrews. Hebrews four: the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, et etc., dividing us under even even to the separation of the thoughts and discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's what the word of God does. That's not what human will does or human ingenuity or human. You you can't be rich enough. You can't. Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk put all their money together. They can't buy the ability to read the intentions of a human heart. That comes from above. That comes from heaven.
1: Yeah. Amen, brother. Preach it. All right.
2: Amen. Amen. (laughs) Hey, you know. I I, I know we're at one last point. There was a thing about, it sounded to me like Brittany said, and again, Brittany, I hope you take this, I, I hope this isn't. I just, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to send the different messages. I really do. you made a comment about health. Like you you, you understand for health reasons that it's not good to eat pork because of the, is it trick? What is it? The worms or trick note? I don't know. I'm going to say it wrong. Whatever it is. And that's, I think that's good knowledge to have, but we want to be careful to provide a modern rationality, especially like a health-based rationality for certain of god's commandments when the when the text does not tell us certainly covenant blessing involves health but the reason god never says don't eat pig because it's unhealthy right so the health issue is fine um but that's not we just want to keep that in a separate file folder well Damn. we don't
1: we don't we my, i i tell my kids this you know i tell my kids this about things that are torah commands and even things that aren't so for instance I, I give you two examples i'll tell my my kids well we don't eat unkosher food because god told us not to but it separates us from from other people you know when you go to the pizza party and you can't eat the pepperoni pizza it says something about you it says that you're different and people might ask you, people might not, but people will notice. And my son asked me the other day, well, you know, where in the Bible does it say I'm not allowed to use certain words? And I say, you're right. You know, there's, there's, no, you know, there's nothing in the Torah that says uh, when, when uh, English comes along, you're not gonna be able to say this word or this word or this word. But it's the same concept. The reason that my kids aren't allowed to uh, use foul language is because it's foul language. Our society is deemed it foul language. And so I want my children to be separate from other kids. And you know what, they are. They go to this trampoline park, there is a group of kids there, and they, you know, they use a lot of language, a lot of colorful language. And my kids don't. There is a marked difference between my children and those children. And so it's the same with God. God is separating his people from the surrounding world. Maybe that's a horrible analogy. Maybe that wasn't the greatest analogy. But I I think my point is, is that we don't keep Torah because of, you know, this reason, this reason, this reason. There's one reason we keep Torah, because God commanded it. And what Torah does for us, what his covenant does, is marks us as covenant members. And I, I, I believe that even for those who aren't keeping the Sabbath and the kosher laws, as we conform to God's law... Whatever you think that is, as we conform to God's law, we are separated from the world. That's the point of the law. All right, it's been a uh, interesting and good one, Brittany. Thank you so much. If you know it, whether Brittany hears this or other people, if you are, and I know that there are a lot of people who believe the same thing and the same uh, concepts. That's totally fine. If you if you believe those things, if you have questions, you have rebuttals, you have. Uh, things you want us to talk about. You have passages that you think that we're overlooking. Those kind of things. Go ahead. Uh, you can get, shoot us an email. c h e g at dot com. C. H. E. G. G. at torereource. dot com. You can also. Uh, Leave us a voice message, just like Brittany did, 253-465-3205, it's 253-465-3205. We do listen to all of our messages, we read all of our emails, and uh, yeah, they they do drive the content of this show. I will tell you this, if you are going to call the comment line, please don't say, hey, don't use this online. We reserve the right to use all audio that comes into our comment line, and it says that on our answering machine on this show live if we want to. Um, So if you don't want your voice heard on this show, please just write us an email and uh, then... Then w- emails are different. We will keep uh, people's names and stuff like that out of um, out of the show if so asked in an email. All right. Hey, uh, thank you very much to the chat room. Uh, there was, I mean, the chat room was on fire today. But uh, we were we were on our own path. So um, great to see so much interaction and so many people in the chat room. Uh, we really do appreciate that. All right. We hope that this conversation has done at least one thing, that is to glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah. Why? Well, you know why, because Messiah matters.